Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I'm your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Welcome back, everyone who went to Coachella. Hey, how how was that? How was that? Yeah, was it was it fun? Was it good? Uh, who's to say? Who's who could actually know? Oh, you this this bandana Blink One Eight Two dropped this bandana and that you're wearing it. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but you, we shouldn't, we can't hate on people who go to Coachella, right? No. <laughs> Is there anything trashier? <laughs> I mean, truly, I feel like in, in this time, no, it's like, it's peaked and it's declined. Yeah. So if you're going to the, like on the, in the downhill of Coachella, then uh, hold on. Let me make some things clear about my opinions and because it's really important because this is our podcast. Mm-hmm. If you go to Coachella every year and that's just like your thing, because like I have some like acquaintances who they go every year and that's just like their thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, all right, that's a weird thing. It's not not my thing, but I respect it. You know, at this point, like it's like, well, of course they're going. They go as a couple every year and they get the Ferris wheel photo. So like fine but like if this is your first year going to coachella and you're especially if you're like our age in the year of our lord 2023 yeah like and you're not an influencer you're not an influencer you're not in your early 20s which the people in their early 20s don't go because because coachella's like lame now you're going for your first time now that's where i want to check in and be like how's everything at home You know, first, yeah, if your first year now, like, yeah, did you just get a diagnosis that <laughs> is, is making you cross things off of a bucket list or like, are you, what, what's going on that you think now after Beyonce's played after Billie Eilish has played, you know, like after the heyday of Coachella, after you, you're in your thirties, now you're going is like, yeah, I'm like, huh. What's uh is there some type of, of social engineering where someone has a family member kidnapped and the only way they'll let them out uh-huh. is if you go to Coachella for the first time mid 30s? I mean, that's certainly the circumstances where I would go because I've never been and so I know that my Coachella time has passed. But yeah, I mean, if it was to save a family member, but like let's not talk about that too much because that's a great movie. We gotta write it. We gotta write oh, that's a great we one. Yeah. Write it. We gotta write it. Maybe we can get Coachella to sponsor it because uh you know, they need to get back into a favorable light. Let me just take Golden Voice, their parent company. Mm-hmm. Would they think they own Ella, E-L-L-A. You can't call something, something Ella. They'll send you a cease and desist. Like Trash Ella? Yeah, we couldn't, if we had Trash Ella, they would slap a cease and desist with us so bad. And I... Tried to trademark. I was in a legal battle with them at one point. So I tried to trademark Ella <laughs> uh-huh. so that we could continue to add Ella to the thing I had started. <laughs> okay. A comedy music festival. Right. Uh, called. It's not the Ella, it's the Cella, C H E L L A, that they get real. Oh, no, I can talk about it because they changed the name. That was, that's what it was. Yeah. I, I founded a comedy music festival called. 
for three years we flew under the radar and then we got too yeah. big we flew too yeah. close to the sun and golden voice yeah. sent us a no uh please a c and d a cease and desist and i'm like i'll fucking patent I'll, I'll fucking trademark cello right now i i mean i got on the phone with my lawyer buddy i was like walk me through this process i got to slap golden voice with the trademark in french <laughs> and they were like just go home <laughs> just this isn't the battle I mean, you think it's gonna be I'm like, I'm Billie Jean King. I'm going to fight the man. <laughs> or like, you would have just go <laughs> made it on the news for sure. <laughs> that would have been a story that we would have covered if 100%. we were around mm-hmm. back then, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, like we were around, like you and I knew each other, but like yeah. the she wasn't around, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, I think more about Coachella later because yeah. I really am dying to hear why you're trash. Okay. So I've been looking for work, looking for new work. And I was having a conversation with a friend, a listener, a little baby trash can. Cool. And you were talking about different things I could do for work, et cetera. And they said, they said, have you thought about being a sub? And Cassandra, sure. I go, "Mm, you know, I really think I have Dom energy. (laughs) <laughs> and then they took a beat and they were like i meant substitute teacher have you thought about being a sub? la has rotted my brain to wow. when i hear the terms dom and sub i think or when i hear sub even i just think oh we're talking about like uh you know d- d- oh my god what's it called dm so like a dm t- what am uh, I thinking of? DMT? You're, th- you're thinking of uh, you're thinking of dominatrix, or you're thinking of yes, um, dominatrix. But what is that called? Like uh, BDSM. BDSM. Thank you. You're like EMT. EMT. <laughs> no, EMT is ambulance. BDSM <laughs> is kinky fun sex shit. Oh, maybe that's why I keep call- when I call nine one one, they don't send something. I need some BDSM quick. <laughs> What's your nine one one? What's your emergency? Send BDSM. <laughs> Send BDSM. I'm having chest pains. Like, what do you want? Someone to come sit on you <laughs> in a cat mask? Oh, I've been so bad. I've been so bad. <laughs> I need BDSM. <laughs> Does anyone in this restaurant know BDSM? He's he can't breathe. He's choking. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I did something naughty. <laughs> Come I help us. I didn't chew my food all the way. Ooh. No, that's uh, good. We're getting into a different we're territory. To, to different different games. But yeah, I <clears throat> I thought when he said, Have you thought about being a sub? I was like, I thought I could be like a dominatrix. And that's they were talking about substitute teaching. And that's why I'm trash. And LA has rotted my brain completely. Yeah, I mean, it's more interesting, too, that, like, because you thought that they were suggesting that you could be, like, a sub for someone, you know, the BDSM type, you know, the the Fifty Shades of Grey experience, if you will, because that is the plot to at least the first book of Fifty Shades of Grey is that that woman meets the uber, uber rich, handsome billionaire mm-hmm. and then signs a contract to be his sub uh and uh he does support her life so Mm -hmm. you know it's not 
like your it like your brain was going to perhaps a job opportunity. It's just kind of interesting to me that you didn't go, oh, I don't really want to, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm <laughs> at like sex for money yet, Yeah, but thanks. You said maybe, but probably a different person in that same field. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm more of like into the leadership opportunities. Is there a path yeah. for that? I'd really, I think my career could advance in such a beautiful way. Just- a leadership opportunity, like, like becoming a madam. I don't know. My brain was just like, how can I go from individual contributor to leader? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, anyway what, why are you trash? So we, I danced my heart out at my wedding. Um, a lot of us did, you know, we really left it all out on the floor. And prior to that, I had these gorgeous little blue heels that were so uncomfortable. So like I use, I switched to tennis shoes by the time I was really cutting it up, you know, but that's not to say that I didn't injure myself. I was so sore the next day and my, in particular, my two big toes were in quite a lot of pain mm-hmm. that I probably maybe have injured my toes. This pain did not go away as I was walking, you know, five to 10 miles a day in Europe every day. I just kind of stuck it through. My toes became like swollen and red and, and then kind of got went down. Like I was like, what is up with the universal healthcare in Europe? Because I might need to take advantage of it at some point. I might need a BDSM to help me walk again. Like, I don't, I don't know. Anyways. Well, in the UK, you call 999 for the BDSMs to come and get you. Right. But I wasn't in the UK. I was in the EU. So like what? I think actually we did see it like a, an ambulance and it had the number and Taylor was like, remember that one? Cause that's what you call instead of 911. I said, okay. And I don't remember it. So I do think that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I do think at this point, like in most countries, if you call the emergency number of like 911 or something, like a lot of them still dispatch in because they know that people are like Americans are stupid. Well, and also like yeah. we dictate the culture, you know, Ryan Murphy's 911 isn't called 999 in the UK, yeah. but yeah. I digress. Anyways, that's all to say I have sustained a long-term injury from my tomfoolery at the wedding. Wow. And finally, a couple weeks, like two weekends ago, I was down at my parent-in-law's house. I don't mm-hmm. know, like when it's both of them. Mm-hmm. Your parents-in-law? I think it's just in-laws. Oh, duh. Okay. <laughs> wow, you learned something new. He's in my in-laws' house, and my in-laws have a pool, so I had to get in that thing. Jump off the uh, diving board, of course, the only way to enter a pool, mm-hmm. and come up for air, uh, a gorgeous perfume commercial, like just op- absolutely stunning how I looked, but I felt something loose down below. And I was like, huh, what's that? So I look and, you know, my, my lovely husband had gifted me a pedicure for my birthday. So I had seen the condition of these toes when the toenail polish came off and one was bruised. The other one, like, you know, looked kind of bad, but it was okay. Mm -hmm. So my toes are bright blue now. And so I'm go, go back to the pool and I'm looking down Something is loose. And on my right toe, I see on the big toe that the blue 
the bright blue toenail on the big toe is askew. Oh. And I go, okay. So I never had such a thing happen to me. So I was like, Taylor, Taylor. (laughs) As I try to get out of the pool, I'm like, Taylor. You know, so I didn't know what to do. And, you know, we had some friends with us and I was like, no one, no one is going to want to get into the pool knowing (laughs) I have this condition. Um, (laughs) And he was like, what's up? But like, he doesn't realize it's a problem. So he's like, what's up? What's going on? You know, and which then gets the attention of everyone else. Cause I'm like, Like everyone's like, what's, what's wrong. And I was like, oh, nothing, nothing, (laughs) nothing at all. Just experiencing something I've never had before. I get out of the pool, this toenail, she is, she's hanging on for dear life. And it is the entire toenail. It was, it was horrifying. So then again, Taylor's like, what's going on? And everyone else is like, what's going on? To a point where then my in-laws are like, what's going on? They weren't no. even in the pool. They were out. And I was like, holy shit. Do we want to call the mayor as well <laughs> to see what's going on? Like, I don't know. I'm in a new arena. Okay. <laughs> I've never, I didn't play sports growing up. Okay. Because no. I was like, I think my toenail is coming off. Okay. Is everyone happy? And everyone's like, oh, that's totally normal. I, that happened to me when I played softball. That happened to me when I played soccer. I'm like, okay, I didn't. I didn't. I am not sporty. Okay. Your toenails do not fall off when you do fucking plays. <laughs> you know, no one in drama class was getting injured. So the merchant of Venice does not require a toenail. No, we were nice kids who kept every, who kept our toenails on. Okay. <laughs> not even in show choir. No one, <laughs> this wasn't happening to people. Oh, the worst thing that happened was that someone in show choir's appendix burst. Okay. That's what happens to nice kids. Not you monsters who play sports, who are just losing toenails willy nilly. <sighs> Anyways. She was like Poppy Montgomery girl. She left without a trace. It was off. I tried to return it back to its rightful place. And girl, the whole thing just was off. She was she was Poppy Montgomery. She left without a trace, mama. <laughs> it was gone. And I screamed because I am faced with the 360 view of what a toe looks like. You know, God. everyone's laughing at me. Because apparently everyone's been to the Olympics and this has happened to them (laughs) multiple times. My mother-in-law, who used to be an EMT, not to be confused with BDSM, (laughs) a real life EMT, holds out her hand to receive the toe because she doesn't want me going inside, you know, and getting the wood floors wet with pool water. Right. And I politely was like, absolutely not. This is my cross to bear. Like, I'm not going to hand you my toenail. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess my swimming day has ended as soon as it started. And everyone's like, why? And I was like, you want me in there with my toe like this? Without a shell? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's not like it wasn't bleeding. Like, obviously, this has been detached for a while. And she was just waiting to come off. There's no blood. There wasn't even painful. 
Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's just your toe. It's probably even good for it to be in the water. It'll clean it. And I'm like, and that doesn't make you not want to swim to know that you're all swimming in like a big vat of Neosporin for my toe, basically. And everyone's like, yeah, we're all good. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, I guess whatever. And then I just like one tenth of a fresh pedicure gone. (laughs) And now I, you know, now I've got this like freak toe. I, as someone that's broken eight, this has happened eight times to me growing up. All but the big toes. I've like broken or like explained or like had to tape toes together to to walk. (laughs) And you just, you just sprinkle a little, you know, little, uh, sheet tranquilizer on it and then you tape them together and you just get back out on the field i'm sorry did you say sprinkle a little sheep tranquilizer on it i'm sure there was some some medicine you know there was always something <laughs> yeah i know people that were injected with animal tranquilizers and cortisol shots and then taped up and got back up out on the field if it were like a state championship or something yeah like i'm like what is this the nfl you guys are doping 16 year olds but of course, at the time, it made all the sense in the world because it was state. It was the state tournament, you know. Well, yeah. this is new for me. <laughs> so it was traumatic. And I'm, I guess I'm just slightly comforted by the fact that everyone else has gone through it. But yeah. Um, yeah. didn't love it. Didn't love it at all. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Apparently Taylor says that he was a lot more subtle in my time of distress than I'm just story. There's nothing worse than a partner when you're like, and I need you to, and they go, what are you saying? And you're like, I need you to not call attention to this moment. (laughs) Oh man. Do you think you were subtle in that moment? You're smiling. You know, you weren't subtle in that moment. Are you kidding me? You took a vow, Taylor. <laughs> you took a vow to be subtle when someone's toe is falling off. Yeah, you took a vow that when I come at you like, <laughs> you understand that that means, Taylor, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Okay, you know how you, you, you mentioned Ryan Murphy's 911. Yeah. Have you seen this clip circulating social media from the show? What? a clip from the show circulating. No, the, okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So Rob Lowe is uh-huh. playing a paramedic in Ryan Murphy's nine one one. And sure. there's a man that has been frozen. That's all we know. The clip sets it up. Rob Lowe then tries to do CPR and starts with the chest compressions. And Cassandra, I tell you, I wish this body was cake. He pushes on the rib you know he pushes on does the cpr and the body caves in it is the most unserious thing and the most disturbing thing i've ever seen simultaneously i'll have to send it to you people have been sharing this left and right i've watched it 1500 times (laughs) i haven't started a new series this week because i've just been watching this clip from ryan murphy's 911 this 15 second clip over and over over again Wait, it's insane. Hold on. I need to yeah. see it immediately. Yes. I'll I found it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it a joke? Like, is it supposed to be serious? I think it's played to be serious. <laughs> what? That's insane. <laughs> 
It does just, look like cake. I, I like hope the, it's cake. It's not. It's a frozen body that gets well, caved I mean, it's, in. It's a it's a prop, but yeah. It's a prop, yeah. but I don't think that his reaction was um accurate. Big enough. <laughs> yeah, he's like immediately in a state of shock and someone else goes <gasps> but like that man's if, dead <laughs> if you do a chest compression and someone uh collapses like cake like literally like skin breaks off i mean like an ice cube i suppose and you're not screaming and immediately running in front of a moving train <laughs> to screaming forget that forever memory. yeah screaming forever like you can't even buy therapy that could <laughs> that could make that make sense i bet she i bet he's wishing he had chose to be a dom right now instead of a paramedic i mean as a dom as a dom you know you like crack me crack me like a frozen body you know that'll be my i'll use that in my arsenal when i become a dom i'm gonna Um, crack you like a frozen body (laughs) maybe if i become a dom i'll have enough money to go to coachella next year yeah i mean uh, we did discuss how that was a midlife crisis, but <laughs> we at Trashy Trashy are not above a midlife crisis. And so we'd like to share some Coachella stories from FestivalSherpa.com. These are 10 insane Coachella stories that will leave you in splits. And we're not actually doing 10 of them, just so no. everyone knows. Because we, you know, these are uh, our stories to tell. No, but but user Jackie B says... We introduced a new dude to our crew, Coachella 2014, a friend of a friend type thing. He dropped acid early Sunday and was just as we cleared security, it hit him and he was withdrawing cash from the ATM. There are no words to describe the elation as money poured from the ATM. He just kept punching in his pin number and money just kept coming out as he laughed with pure joy. He kept grabbing the cash, shaking with his fist and shoving it in his pocket. I've never seen this done. Uh, He must have done this four times before we stopped him. (laughs) I've never seen a chap so excited to see his own money. I mean, acid turned him into the Monopoly man. (laughs) But bummer for him because he's probably getting paid, paying big fees every time that he uses it. $8 every time he withdraws. And then he's just Scrooge McDucking his own money. (laughs) That's wholesome, though. You know, for me, I I think it's nice. We also have from user JPL47. This was Coachella 2015 weekend to Friday around 8 p.m. Their first Coachella me and my good buddy were tripping pretty hard between Ryan Hemsworth and Caribou. There was a little bit of a gap. I mean, these are bands, I'm assuming. There was a little bit of gap in which we just wandered around looking at shit. As we approached the do lab to check out Lucent Dossier, I realized I had to take a shit. One of my least favorite experiences on acid. But luckily, there was one of those actual bathrooms right next to the dewlap, and I didn't have to resort to a porter potty. The line is long. I'm pretty uncomfortable being around a ton of other dudes in the same situation as I am, and I'm tripping too hard to make eye contact with anyone. Luckily, my friend is so, is cool, so he waited in line with me. But we ended up not talking very much, as everything sort of reverted to giggling about nothing. As I got to the front of the line, I began to notice that people had been walking through the exit and entering the stalls before people who had been waiting in the line had a chance. I don't believe people were doing this intentionally because it wasn't very obvious which side was entrance and which was exit. So I was the next person in line. I saw someone start to come from the other side and I said, hey, man, there's a line over there. 
and everyone behind me in line erupted in applause. It made me feel like a king. Then I took the rightful place on the porcelain throne and sat there for all of three minutes before I realized I didn't have to poop anymore. TLDR, I am the poop king. (laughs) You know what's interesting is a lot of these stories have to do with needing to take a poop on acid (laughs) and then not actually even pooping. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) that's kind of interesting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They all have to do with doing drugs too. It seems, have you been yeah. to Coachella, Ben? No, I've been to a ton of other music festivals. Uh, I bought tickets to Coachella and then sold them, but no, I've never gone. Yeah. I think like the first, like the second year I moved here, I was like, like stayed up, cracked, like got tickets as soon as they went on, you know, like did this whole thing. And then I was like, wait, I don't have any friends or know anything about planning how to go. There. So I sold them. That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. We'll do one more. Dealer's choice, whatever your favorite one is. Doing drugs makes you super generous. Great. That's a good one. Uh, a guy had his friends had left him at a campground. The man needed to be on a flight back to Illinois a few hours later. And he told my friend, take me to LAX. And I said, it's $475 to go to LAX. He paid with his credit card and gave me a hundred dollar tip in cash when we got there. He was passed out the entire way. I mean, you know, from the Coachella Valley to LAX, that is a long drive. I mean, that's three, three four, four hours. hours without traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to drive someone who's passed out the whole time, you could just throw in an audiobook and then they give you a hundred dollar tip. Plus, you know, I mean, how high could Uber fees possibly be? Or wait. I think this was is this just even a, an Uber. A it was just I think a guy. A cab. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm hoping that this cab driver actually lives like closer to LA than, <laughs> than have in to the Coachella cab. Valley. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. My goodness. So last weekend was weekend one of Coachella. As you're listening to this, t- weekend two will have wrapped, and the Sunday night headliner for weekend one was Frank Ocean, but a lot of things happened during Frank's set, and he withdrew. From weekend two, he's just not in a right mental headspace, a lot going on, but we have some perspective from somebody that attended weekend one's performance of Frank Ocean. It's the perspective of a pickpocket, a Coachella pickpocket, which we love that this perspective is available. We don't love that people pickpocket. Let me just make that clear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We love that they're giving their perspective though. So yeah. Um, Reddit user X pace energy drink says I've seen many opinions on Frank Ocean's controversial headlining set, but one voice has not been known the voice of the Coachella pickpocket me and my team of co-pickpockets. So simply put, we all feel your pain. It's a very disappointing headlining set. According to many, he yeah, said a lot that- of people had complaints uh, about this and it was you know i it didn't make a lot of sense to me but it was all it was all the rage <laughs> so his bizarre disjointed set left the pickpocket community very empty-handed they have a roving team of bandits and they go to great lengths to spend countless hours observing festival goer behavior and know the absolute best time to swipe someone's iphone or in desperate cases an android and on paper, Frank's set seemed like the ideal scenario. A nighttime of dreamy tunes when most of the festival goer population would be exhausted and unlikely to be paying close attention to their personal belongings. But first there was an hour delay. 
Yeah. Frank Ocean was an hour late to perform, which so, was the was the beginning of why everyone was pissed off about this. So he had originally planned for an ice skating rink to be on stage and performers be ice skating mid his set. But then last minute he decided he didn't want that. So they had to spend an hour melting the ice. So people, of course, waiting in that hour were just sitting around talking Whoa. to their friends. I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. There was an I ice didn't know that rink. that was like, you're literally as an artist allowed to make that decision right then and there, knowing that it's going to result in these workers having to melt the ice and make you an hour late. And you have an ice skating rink in the Coachella Valley, which is the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah. Yeah. So it took like an hour for it to melt. So people had, you know, their phones in their hands, talking to their friends, obviously not an ideal time to pickpocket. So the, the author and the rest of his CPC, the Coachella pickpocket crew were unfazed (laughs) and decided we, you know, kind of bide our time. And then, you know, when the ice rink full of figure skaters started to dazzle, we'd have all the distraction we needed, but again, no figure skaters, no ice rink nothing remotely interesting to look at on stage as if the crowd wasn't preoccupied with like frozen lasers or drunk caterpillars. It's, you know, how are we going to grab and jailbreak and sell dozens, if not hundreds of phones? Yeah. They, they grabbed a few phones. They said our victims, we prefer to call them marks. The author says they were just sad, confused and distracted by what was happening on stage. So they had a chance to grab a few phones. Oh yeah. They they didn't grab them. What they're saying is that they, they opted not to grab these people's phones because they just were too sad and confused on what was happening on stage. They had, he had to bring it around and be like, we made pickpockets, but we have standards. And in this case, we would have been kicking people while they were down and stealing their phones. So the author's like, listen, we, we were hurt by Frank Ocean as well. And, um, you know, we'll see you and your phones in the desert in 2024. You know, if you ever get pickpocketed at Coachella, just know that they only got you because you look like you're having a good time. <laughs> it is. It is kind of comforting. Yeah. I have a friend who's had her phone stolen twice at music festivals. And like this friend goes to a lot of the music festivals. So she Like, I think it had happened within the span of two weeks. Oh, my God. That she had her phone stolen twice. And her husband was like, hey, can you stop putting your iPhone in your back pocket? Yeah. And like your tiny shorts. But she's like, well, because she's not wearing very much else for clothing. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, where else is it supposed to go? In your hand Um, constantly. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what she switched to. She yeah. bought a pop socket so it was more comfortable to hold. <laughs> there you go. Pop sockets have saved have saved so many phones, so many phones. But you know where I, I sometimes find the best pop sockets is Walmart. Yes. And from the New York Post.com, Walmart had to remove an offensive shirt because there was a hidden curse word in it and there was complaints. Mm. Ooh. Walmart has removed a certain t-shirt from its stores as a customer noticed that it had been emblazoned with a very rude word. So picture this, if you will, a green sports wear shirt, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, what you work out in. And it says really big on it, re, R-E, mm-hmm. like huge on half of it. And then the other half says things like 
in smaller letters, cycle. And under that, use. Under that, new. Under that, think. Recycle, reuse. You get it. You get it. So the issue is, is that cycle, use, new, think all lined up right there. Their first letters spell cunt. The charisma, the uniqueness, the nerve, and the talent to make such a shirt. The the see you next Tuesday (laughs) of words. So everyone was like, oh my God, there's a Walmart shirt that says cunt. What would the trashy version, um, cunning, unique, nuanced, trashy. What would R C U and T be? Like like RuPaul on Drag Races. Charming, uniqueness, nerve, talent. Right. There's his cycle use new thing. I'm I'm just trying to think of ours. Oh, um, cunning, unique, nuanced, trashy. Are we cunning or nuanced? Nah, cunning, cool. having or showing skill and achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion. Um, okay, <laughs> nuanced. I we really I, approach the news in a nuanced way, I think. Characterized by subtle shades of meaning or expression. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if that works. Mm-hmm. What did you have for you? Because uh, unique. I would say that we were unique. How about crass? Yes. Okay, better. Yeah. Okay. Or you know what? No. Capable. Cap- yeah, we're capable, capable. Uh, because we're because we are tragic. So capable, unique, new, <laughs> we're not really, na- nationwide. Um, we're global, baby. <laughs> natural, uh, never failing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Except I guess when we do fail, uh, number one, uh, naked, uh, <laughs> never ending with mm-hmm. this, like this bit, Yes. you know, yes. just some narcissistic good one yeah yeah trashy yeah yeah yeah, of course obviously the t would be trashy yeah the shirt was available in the canadian walmarts and it was on sale for five dollars and it was from a walmart clothing owned fashion brand clothing walmart owned george fashion brand and uh you can get it on amazon now for around twenty dollars as well I mean, like people are like, oh my God, this is like so funny. But to be honest, like, I don't know if I would have caught it. <laughs> this is like something that only like an internet person who, uh, you know, maybe if you're good at like word puzzles, you would, you would see it right <laughs> away. It, it is maybe activating the wordle parts of people's brains. So what are those called? Acoustics, right? No, not acoustic. It's not Acost- acoustic. Acoustic. When every letter... <laughs> stands for a word what is an acronym or an initialism because it's not like sonar like sonar is like um you know an acronym but this is uh where like that the words spell something it doesn't matter i didn't pass grammar yeah it seems we all know that (laughs) i mean i thought that sonar was how whales communicated but it's actually something else or is do whales use sonar we don't have time for this. How about we take a break? We're back. You know, the fashions of Coachella are always so interesting. And I I found this beautiful article from Texas Monthly about mm-hmm. Magnolia Pearl, 
which is this brand of clothing that looks like you're like mini pearl or, uh, or as it's been described by the author, Victorian ghost meets burning man boho. Uh, these clothings, uh, it's this brand out of Texas called Magnolia Pearl. It's extremely expensive, but you look like you've been set on fire and your clothes have been torn. It's a, it's a stealth wealth kind of thing. <laughs> Hardly though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I'm not a huge fan. It's giving like, if you're trying to live a sort of Stevie Nicks fantasy, I'm on the website right now. And like mm-hmm. one of their most featured models is like a blonde woman with dreads. So I don't know if that teaches you like what you need to know, or like there's like a cashmere V-neck long sleeve shirt that looks like the same long sleeve shirt you could buy at like a Walmart, but from here it's uh, $325. So, you know, you get it. White women who wear like a lot of turquoise jewelry, like just to put you in the right headspace. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it looks like something you would um, be shredded if you had consumption. Like you could just tear off a little sleeve of your dress and cough blood into it. (laughs) Yes, yes. So this, it started in 2002, around the time when the Olsen twins were popular, or popular, oh my God, help me, popularizing the whole boho chic thing. And it's somehow held on long enough because boho chic, hasn't been in sale this whole time and now it's being sold by free people in anthropology which we i mean i know i at least subscribe to newly and if you're interested in subscribing to newly you should let me know so i can give you a code i haven't seen this either that or maybe they don't make plus size clothing and so they don't show me these things (laughs) yeah yeah. if you're gonna look tattered yeah you have to be real thin well because you know you know i don't think any of these women are wearing bras no. Um, it's located in, it was a uh, flagship and started in Fredericksburg, Texas, which is a beautiful wine country in central Texas. If you get the chance. Oh yeah. yeah check it out. It, it's a little steampunky, um, steampunky meets also spray paint, you know, like, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Outfits can, you know, uh, a woman clocked it. She looked it up and, and it went viral because she saw that her mother was wearing it and learned that the outfit cost roughly $5,000, which is double the average monthly rent in the United States. I mean, like, I feel like I can smell these photos, you know, like patchouli oil, patchouli. Absolutely, girl. They're all wearing weird hats, like some sort of Helena Bonham Carter, like only she's allowed to dress like some sort of upholstery witch you know (laughs) (laughs) ursula's sister the upholstery witch (laughs) like this is like if you accidentally get locked in a joanne fabrics overnight you know and it's cold yeah these are the people like the (laughs) who are gonna come and haunt you from like the crafts of christmas past kind of (laughs) energy and it is so expensive like it's so expensive yeah it's uh you know what if they found a niche they weathered it for 21 years and you know (laughs) good on them question mark 
because it feels like it's just taking like rich old white ladies money. So maybe it's a, it's a, a big ruse, you know, like a, uh, the only person with who I can think of who could afford this, who dresses like this is Steven Tyler. <laughs> yes. Like of Aerosmith fame. Yeah. That's who you look like when you shop here. But you know what? Hey, who I'm not going to yuck someone's fashion yum. Yeah. Um, but my God, is it expensive? Oh my God. Yeah, you'll have to get online and go to the website, Magnolia, some weird websites when you're looking for, you know, your Magnolia Pearl shirt dupe. Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like you could find anything on there, but you have to be careful because sometimes like when you're looking for something specific, not every website is legit. Yes, some of them could be satirical. This story from the BBC.com, it tells us about a Tennessee Air National Guardsman that had been arrested by the FBI after applying to be an assassin on the satirical website, Rent a Hitman. Okay, so rent you cannot rent a hitman. Is that, I'm just, well, I want to confirm. You can't? It's not by form, no. You would have okay. to go to like tour browsing. It's, it's, it's Maybe there's some dark web stuff, but a, a .com that you can accessible from Chrome, uh-huh, absolutely, uh-huh, uh-huh. you're not going to be finding a hitman. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's good. I don't need one. I'm just, you know, it's, it's yeah. good to know. It's, so, I always just do my research, just do my research. It's just yeah. nice to know. This is a 21 year old man who says he needed money to support his family. So, you know, that's a bummer, but this, but also, you know, it's hard to feel bad because he was definitely like not only applying to be a hitman, but then like following up. You know, following up on that application. That's what you got to do to get a job. <laughs> I don't, I know it, girl. You got to be able to follow up. Yeah. He, former, he's former military mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's in Tennessee. He's got a lot of guns. Um, <laughs> They sure do love him over there. And yeah, by the time he followed up, the website <laughs> started responding <laughs> via the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love though that he did the right move, which was like, you've got to customize your resume to every job. Oh yeah. So, so he made a complete CV, which highlighted his rifle and military experience. This wasn't the uh, you know, administrative clerk from 2014 to 2017. This was like <laughs> all, only the the gun stuff resume. Yeah. You know, he's seen mm. enough like hiring TikToks to know yeah, that your relevant experience has to be the first and foremost special skills. Um, taking out a mark, you know, <laughs> it's so. Yeah, exactly. The FBI ends up like setting up a meeting with this guy, you know, like undercover, of course, with like a, you know, like a fake packet of materials, pictures, things like that, and this, and like a, a down payment, and you know, just to test. I don't know. They. They set him up and then they knocked him down, yeah. uh, arrested him. And if he is convicted, he could face up to 10 years in prison. It's, it's, I feel sad <laughs> for, I don't know. I, this, this, this article really like keeps pushing home that he was just doing this so that he could support his family. And that makes me yeah. like feel for him for a second. And then I remember he was like literally willing to, murder people for money so then i'm like almost glad that he's in jail you know 
I feel like he would have been a really good worker though, because he, I mean, he, he customized his CV. And then when he met with the undercover agent, he said, do I need to provide a photo of the body to confirm, you know, like he, he's like setting the terms, following through. Like, I feel like he's doing the right things to be a good worker. He just chose the wrong industry. Yeah. Yeah. The very wrong industry. So maybe he could have been a, an educator. I was going to say, speaking of someone that chose the wrong industry to be yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> from C, I'm sorry, from WCTV.TV, no screaming, no yelling, no phones. The court records give details of a teacher accused of organizing fight clubs at Griffin Middle School. Um, This, of course, is coming to us from Florida. <laughs> Yeah, we're in Florida, baby. This is a 23-year-old teacher and basically gives her students, her sixth grade students, 30 seconds, no screaming, no yelling, no phones, just like get it out. And there was a phone, of course, and you see her at her desk watching the fight, you know, kind of just my not intervening, just being like, hey, no screaming. Stop pulling hair, you know, like keep it, keep it clean, basically. Yeah, keep it clean. (laughs) Yeah, she should have been the PE teacher. But uh, I mean, yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) And there were no records of her reporting the fights to the administrators. So she's just organizing, you know, but like, what is she, middle school, sixth grade? Like I get that energy is there, you know, that energy is there. So I, I get, I think her head's in the right place. And in the 50s, this would have flown. This would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like she might have just been reflecting on her middle school years. I mean, like, if I would have just gotten the opportunity to get that out of my system, like, me and that me and that girl, we would have been able to be friends again after that, you know? Yeah. I Like, yeah. I, like I see the intent. Yeah. And I see, dare I say, <laughs> almost the benefit of it. I do think that you should solve problems with words, but I don't know if you can use words with middle school kids. There's too much going on inside. There, it's just the hormones bursting through them. The, the, this, yeah, I get, I get just sometimes one of my best friends from, from elementary, junior high, high school sometime. And I think our ninth grade here, maybe, you know, middle school, high school, early high school, we were, we just got in a disagreement about a batting cage. <laughs> she just, tackled me and I we just romped and rolled around and we were just in it and then we just kind of rolled around for a little bit and then we stopped and then it was like oh okay we're best friends again <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah that's the closest um, like a fight I've ever been <laughs> it's just I don't know I I do think maybe this again this is me as the drama kid that maybe you could also solve this problem with just 30 seconds of uninterrupted uh dance you know mosh pit maybe yeah yeah you know like have you ever heard of like the dancing plagues from like the you know 13 1500s and stuff no so there was a phenomena where like a lot of times it was younger girls in like that had been shipped off to like convents and things like this so like 14 year olds that had to become nuns because, you know, their family died and they're like, well, you're not married. So the only thing you could do is none or starve to death. And they would uh-huh. start dancing. And then 
you know, or, or they, they would start dancing and then it was like, okay, but like uncontrollable, unable to stop for like days on end. And sometimes villages would break out in these and stuff. So one village even just was like fucking fine and kind of herded these people on stage and then got real dancers to come in and then like music. Cause like, maybe if they can just get this all out, they'll stop. But it, it just, it was like something was compelling them. And then the dancers that they had hired eventually started doing the, the they couldn't stop dancing either. So they were trying to be like, well, here's some rhythm at least, you know, like follow that guy if you're going to just, but yeah, it, it, I mean, people like drop dead from just fucking dancing, Google dancing plagues. It's fucking I, nuts. It's so weird. And you know how spooked they were by witches around that time and oh, yeah. possession and stuff. That's, that's super weird. That makes yeah. me almost think that maybe they did have possession back then and that we just got rid of being possessed, you know, with the internet or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or that's like just like the plot of Footloose, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. I've never seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, so Kevin Bacon is a big city kid. Are you about to like, really explain Footloose? Only because I haven't seen it in 25 years and I want to hear somebody yell at me for butchering the plot. All right, I want to hear it. Okay, so Kevin Bacon's a big city kid, and he goes to a small town, and this small town has a preacher, John Lithgow, and John Lithgow says, no dancing, and so dancing is banned, but Kevin Bacon just wants to dance, and then maybe the preacher's daughter, I don't know, some girl needs to get her thrills out, and she at one point isn't driving in one car, crawls out the window and crawls into another car via the window, high school, like shit where you don't know how to get this stuff out. So like in the 1500s, she would have been in a dancing plague, but Uh she's like, how can I make myself almost die and feel something? I'm going to transfer from one vehicle to the other. Somehow dancing happens. I don't know, but that's, that's all. This is a sister from Ferris Bueller. Oh, it is. Oh, babe. What a babe. A major babe. Just, and then they do that one dance or like they, where she, she jumps and he puts her and he like catches her in the air. That's the same movie, right? Uh, no, I think that's Dirty Dancing. Oh, that's the sister from, uh, yeah, I don't think Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I don't know who the main woman in Footloose is again. I just know John Lithgow and Kevin Bacon because I guess I'm a misogynist and can't think about women. I don't know. Hey, you know, that's a societal thing. Yeah, you know, I guess I only really, I sometimes I'm like, ugh, my misogynist, I only pay attention to men. Well, you know, whether we're constantly being exposed to them, like in Mm -hmm. commercials and television and sports and cryptocurrency. Yes. I, you know, who I would probably be able to spot anywhere is a distinct man is Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Well, Shaq Diesel. (laughs) Cass, are you ready though? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Let's. Let's get to it. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> so Shaq again, ginormous man, famous man, has avoided being served in the FTX lawsuit for over three months. He was finally served over the weekend. <laughs> FTX, as a reminder, is the cryptocurrency. Or former cryptocurrency, I don't know, vestibule exchange, I, exchange yeah. Yeah. that most famously was like 
headed by Tom Brady. Well, he wasn't headed. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady was <laughs> like the main guy. Yeah. But apparently Shaq, a seven foot, one inch man was also involved. Larry David, apparently a lot of celebrities were on it. And yeah. so all these celebrities are being sued, like, because you're, they're like, you're a paid spokesperson for something that was fake. Which mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you sue people over that anymore? Like if, if yeah, the FCC, like, or I think yes, yes, you can. If they like knowingly endorse something, or like they don't say something's an ad and all sorts of stuff. Like with advertising, it is. If you're getting money for something, you have to be like very transparent about it in those ways. And well, but if if Progressive gives you a bad insurance claim, you can just go and sue Flow. No, but he's saying that the advertisement and the claims that they made made it sound right. So this man, Edwin Garrison of Oklahoma, brought uh, the lawsuit and he said that he had bought an unregistered security after seeing the ad and the ad made claims that, you know, it was deceptive and they weren't honest about the their representations and their conduct. So he brought forth a class action lawsuit to hold them accountable for that. So as a celebrity, you have to be very careful about what you endorse. Okay. But you're saying that all these like former NFL stars and golfers, like who endorse boner pills and like, or like, oh man, you turn 40. Is your testosterone bad now? We MLB network is playing in my house all the time. So I have to see all of these <laughs> fucking ads yeah. and they're always like, oh, you, oh I, I'm saying, man, that's why I take this. And it's like a non-FDA approved testosterone pill. You're saying that if someone has an issue with that, that they can come after these people? If or they, like if they, Shaq if, yeah. own part of FTX? Because no, I know he Tom was Brady, just a paid co- p- spokesperson. Tom Brady like owned part of FTX. No, he was I just a spokesperson. In trouble. That's Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't own part of it. I thought he did. Didn't he invest no, like, he a was ton just, of money in it? He was just a spokesperson. No, no, if 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 that thing claims, if those like athletes say like, this will make you seven foot tall and it doesn't, but that's the claim. Oh, wait, no, Tom Brady did own. Yeah, he owned over a million shares in FTX. That's why I'm saying okay, it makes okay. sense. But still, but still, he was a spokesperson for it. They're not getting him on being an owner. They're getting him on the spokesperson side of it. If if they say, hey, these boner pills will make you seven foot tall and grow a third hand, and it doesn't because that's clinically not what they're saying, but someone is paid to endorse that, yes, the FCC will fucking slap you. You have to, you can't be deceptive in advertising. The Federal Communications Commission is uh no, no, no. F yeah, they're they're fucking they're 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 Federal Trade Commission. Federal Trade Commission, let me it's 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 the consumer protection wing of the government. And if you say, Hey, this will make you lose 40 pounds in a week. And that's obviously not true and can't happen. But somebody, if I go on there and I say that, and I'm paid to say that they can hold me accountable. Yeah. The FTC like fucking slaps you with shit. Okay. Well, if you don't think that using a Walmart plus subscription actually saves you time in your day-to-day busy life, don't come suing me, okay? <laughs> Walmart Plus a, saves me time in my daily use. <laughs> I'm a paid actor, okay? Yeah. That's so like, I just want to put that out there. I think that the commercials have stopped running, but like 
I just feel like I need to say that now that <laughs> if you feel like having a, a Walmart plus employee come into your home and put your groceries away, did not save you any time. And in fact, was an uncomfortable experience for you. Don't sue me. Okay. Walmart would be sued before you like you'd be okay. Cause you are hope. Yeah. Yeah. You'll well, be okay. Shaq. But I, it's probably because but, FTX has no fucking money. And so everyone is like, okay, well, we need to sue someone. Apparently, Larry David's got this going on with mm-hmm. him, too. And, okay, so the what's really funny about this is that it took them three or five months or something like that to get to Shaq, which is crazy because Shaq does a weekly show <laughs> about basketball on, I don't know, some network. TNT. <laughs> Right. That's he's so a crazy. podcast host. He's a touring DJ. Yeah. Like under the name DJ Diesel. Um, but he, he avoided being served over 20 times in three months. Um, it's hilarious. Like, I feel like I could find Shaq in the, in the next 24 hours if I had to. Like, how is he so hard? um yeah they said that you know they tried serving him at his office his multiple homes and uh one person one process server even stopped because they got a threatening text message after they attempted to serve they were trying uh, the lawyers of the case were trying to serve him through instagram twitter and email but the judge denied the request Mr. O'Neill's conduct over the last five months in evading service in this action is unprecedented and frankly shocking based upon the extent of public appearances, persona, and presence. Lawyer said in the court filing, (laughs) he is the sole remaining defendant in this matter who has still not been served. So, so funny. Yeah. I, I, Uh, I respect it in a way. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that this is, his responsibility to pay out for this though. Nope. Like honestly, disagree. Like, disagree. Really? If you didn't do the due diligence and you falsely represent something like you as a spokesperson, it is your job to do the due diligence and confirm that you're not selling seven foot hand growing boner pills. And so that's is how the FTC can get you Babe, accountable for these things. Can't. Nope. This is, this is, this is, this is when like fucking, you know, they say strawberries are in it and it's like no strawberry flavoring. This is an extension of that. The FTC fucking, you just can't go on there and make millions of dollars saying false stuff. Well, maybe he didn't know. Then it's his due diligence to look that up. (laughs) That's the shitty thing about being an endorsement. I'm, I'm, I'm team this guy in Oklahoma. (laughs) Well, there you go. You have to like. Do your due diligence and you can be held liable because you've become the face of the brand. I just, you're, you know what? You're right. I mean, cause I don't like crypto, but it's funny because Shaq in interviews have been like, I don't really even believe in crypto. I just was paid to do this, <laughs> which is honest, but don't I know. <laughs> oh, they tweeted at Shaq at DJ Diesel, uh, the law firm. And said, we have been standing outside of your TNT studios in Atlanta all week, but your security cards will not let us in. <laughs> well, like they yeah. started tweeting them. They're like, we're trying to serve you. <laughs> I always so think, funny. I think, I think I would be a great process server. I'm sure they're hiring. I, you know, I'm going to look that up because I would just have a, have an excuse to wear the gaggle of wigs I've acquired through sketch comedy, totally. the fake noses, the costuming, like I would fucking kill it as a process server 
Wouldn't you be afraid though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do? Run away? Like, well, they like punch you. Uh, then they get double in trouble. But, but they will, if I have the fake nose on, they'll hit the fake nose first and it won't get to my nose. Again, I like the idea of costuming, you getting pushed over, you know, and then the person running away and you screaming after them. Well, now you're going to get double in trouble. <laughs> I obviously uh, was a, a, a teacher's dream in school. <laughs> like if they were like, yes. okay, everyone, it must've been a teacher's dream. Like if they're like, Hey, I have to, you know, leave the classroom for a second. Nobody speak. Okay. And then somebody would be like, well, what do you, and I'm like, oh, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> a narc, a professional narc. Yeah. I think I could God. do it. I, I what a, I, what a thrill it was. I'm leaving for, I'm going to be right down the hall. I'll be back in two minutes. Erica, you're in charge. Okay, right. Um, I'm going to tell the teacher. And then they're like, well, you talked. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little shithead, I'm sure. What are you hoarding, shithead? I'm hoarding a couple things. And they're mostly online. A TikTok account that I am obsessed with. And they're called Octopus Lover 8. Oh, uh, yeah. His name is Jake Shane. And this comedian is doing uh, like uh, like reactions of, of things in, in history. So like an example of one recently, the Mona Lisa post posing for uh, like after they get done posing and it's just like him being like, thanks everybody. Send me the, send me the proofs and I'll, I'll tell you which ones to edit. Okay, bye. Let's go. Another one, you know, like um, George Washington finding out he's on the $1 bill or uh, a great one I just saw was uh, iPhone nine realizing they skip from eight to 10, <laughs> like they're like at an award show. So they have to pretend to clap and then they call their mom and they're like, mom, they just skipped right over me. No, they just announced iPhone X, which is 10. Like it's, it's so fucking funny. Like this yeah, kid's super great. Funny. And I'm also watching jury duty on freebie which is Amazon Prime's free streaming pro. I, I don't know. Freebie. It's called Jury Duty. And so what happens is it's it's a it's a documentary and they tell this guy, hey, we're going to do a documentary about serving on a jury. Well, everyone but this guy is an actor. And so they, but he's never the butt of the joke. He's always kind of the hero in the situation, which is nice. But James Marsden plays himself on the show. Which I love. And, so James Marsden's trying to, you know, get himself excused from jury duty. He's like, I'm, I'm probably too famous to be here. And the guy's like, what, what have you been in? <laughs> it's so good. And then one guy's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get out of jury duty by saying I'm racist. And so he does that. And then the judge is like, are you racist? You know, he's like, no, no, I'm sorry. And then he gets picked for the jury. And he's like, Everyone, I just want to say, like, I, I was just trying to get out of it. I'm not racist. That's and people so are like, funny. Yeah, don't don't do that next time. Don't say it. You know, <laughs> like it's so funny. I I really love um, jury duty, and, and he's never <laughs> again. The guy who isn't the actor is never the butt of the joke, which is the nice thing. Because if it was just a major prank, you know, there's TV, there's cameras everywhere because they say they're doing a documentary. But yeah, I don't. This guy must not watch any television because like every person on here i'm like oh that was uh you know the the dead guy's cousin on law and order four years ago like it just everyone you've recognized in some way you know just a lot of character actors but it's uh 
It's really well, cute. everyone that we, I mean, they, yeah, uh, true. That's probably, if anything, the jury duty selection process, especially one that's going to be a documentary, is the ideal way to find the proper candidate for your fake show because yeah. you have the opportunity to ask them all kinds of things to <laughs> yeah, find during, out if they, you know, yeah. I, I would during die, voir dire or whatever. Yeah. They asked, they would, asked James Marsden if he's ever served on a jury before. And he goes, yes, I have. And they're like, what, what case was that? And he goes, oh, at, at Cannes. <laughs> we'll feel best. Hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. What are you hoarding? <laughs> oh my God. I'm hoarding an Instagram account. It's Rue Publicans. So spelled like Republicans, but R-U instead of R-E in the beginning. Mm -hmm. This person is, I don't know if they're using AI software or if they are just good at Photoshop, but they're taking all of the ghastly Republicans like Mike Pence and Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell. They're taking all of these people and photoshopping them in the most sickening drag. Oh. Um, and it's a great little account done so well done, honestly, that some of them, like, I feel like if I were to send one of these to like my mom, <laughs> she would be like, oh my God, when did Mike Pence do that? <laughs> like, you know, because my mom sorry, I know you listen, but you believed that the Seahawks were stomping on an American flag because of a bad Photoshop photo that you saw on Facebook. And that was bad Photoshop. So <laughs> these AI images are very good. These are very good and convincing. And so I, I honestly feel like have some fun with the boomers in your life and share photos from this Republicans account on your story or you know, in a forwarded email, I don't know, um, however boomers communicate and, you know, just shake, shake stuff up and see if, you know, you can't, uh, maybe change some hearts and some minds. Beautiful, beautiful message. Yeah. What are you, what are you throwing out? <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm dog sitting for a friend and, uh, the thing I forget about dogs and dog people and walking dogs is that having adorable little puppies and dogs on a leash entitles people to talk to you. Oh yeah. Because they care. They're like, oh, these are the cute. And of course they're the cutest. Vivian and new guy are the cutest, uh -huh. but I'm clearly just out of bed. I'm in my pajamas in a sweatshirt. There's no bra on me. I don't want to sit and talk about the dogs at seven 20 in the morning with a stranger. Yeah, but that's how dog people look in the morning. So you're like, you're on brand. But I, but I, I, I wasn't given out the, Hey, come talk to me about these dogs. Bye. Oh, that doesn't matter. God, that doesn't just, matter. Talking to strangers. Cause you have dogs. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I just want to just be anonymous. I just want to be a, a floating orb taking them out to do their business. I don't need to interact with everyone. I know that <laughs> that might not be a popular opinion that you are holding, but I agree with you as someone who dreads small talk and you know but that being said uh because i'm such a gremlin when people do take the time to talk to me i usually do walk away from the interaction being like that was nice i probably needed that so Ugh. you know just 
Just saying. But if all else fails, you know, find some old Apple headphones and uh, maybe having the cord will yeah make if you especially if you make a big song and dance of like oh my headphone (laughs) i won't stay in you know or the classic girl i mean you're talking to the expert of Mm -hmm. (laughs) avoiding interactions with strangers the classic phone call you know yeah pretend that you're on the phone yeah that's good i just feel like people aren't, aren't respecting the boundaries like you have earbuds in, but earbuds don't mean anything to anybody. You have to see the strings. You're absolutely right. You got to see I'll, the strings. I'll, I'll or you point gotta be at the earbud and it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah. You got to be right. messing with them or you got to be like, oh yeah, I think I can do that later. Um, <laughs> I was just going to, well, what are you packing? Cause I was going to like, whatever you have to say. And then, you know, people will just wave at your dog and keep on walking by. But again, I mean, sometimes we need it, you know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's nice. I, I, I'm, I'll admit it. Yeah. Well, what are you throwing away? You know, um, ever since the love is blind live event didn't happen on happen. Right. I've really found myself sour towards Netflix and it's given me maybe some perspective that I've needed Mm -hmm. about like, I know that there's still good content here and there coming out on Netflix because I know beef is quite popular and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say that everything coming out of Netflix is like trash, Mm -hmm. but I will say that like probably like 80 to 90% of the things that are being released as Netflix originals, like have not been something that like I have felt interested to watch like the best stuff coming out of netflix is the fact that they're dubbing good things from other countries and but i really was like loving love is blind but i don't know that live event and like learning what has been going into like love is blind and all these people breaking their ndas and talking about their experiences plus we have a looming writers strike happening Mm -hmm. in los angeles and just knowing how much these streaming companies are swearing up and down that they can't afford to pay people the residuals that they deserve. And you think about the fact that Netflix, I don't know if you know these things, listeners, but Netflix, if you're, if you are the creators of beef, they're Mm -hmm. not going to tell you what your metrics are. And Netflix likes to say that they don't tell creators what their metrics are because they don't want people to, you know, they don't want these metrics to interrupt their art, you know, like we don't want to tell people if their show's performing bad because we don't want them to get in their head about it. In reality, what they're doing is they're not letting people know what they are worth because if your show is doing good, you don't know about it either. So you don't, Netflix is hiding from you what you're worth. They're, you know, one of the main contenders along with Amazon and Disney and all these people who are fighting with writers and Mm -hmm. subsequently uh, actors, directors, everyone, by not paying them what they're worth to make their content, they're laying off people. And then they had this live event that was a complete disaster with mm. no remorse for it. And I'm not going to lie to you, girl, I'm ready to cancel my Netflix subscription and just move on with my fucking life because I can't think of anything. The only thing on there 
that I like to watch that I feel like I will miss is my F1 drive to survive show, but -hmm. there's not going to be another season of that for like a year. And I, and like the last season wasn't even that good. And like, I also feel like by keeping a watch Netflix, like all they're putting out is reality, reality, reality. And reality is like the reality TV existed before the last writer's strike, but it didn't, explode until the 2007 writers strike because they didn't have writers. So they had to do unscripted shows. And I just feel like the more that I contribute to the viewership of these shows that are killing the industry that I love and that I want, that I work in, I'm just not doing myself a service. So I honestly, I'm throwing out Netflix and I don't know if I'm going to continue to use it. Yeah. I think they say that their main things are customer satisfaction and profit. And I obviously think that they're lying about one of those. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm throwing out, babe. I'm doing it. I don't care. Like fix your fucking, you used to be awesome and dope and really cool and change things and seem like a good opportunity for artists. And now you're just seeing this ugly ghoul under in sheep's clothing you know and you're like all you care about is profit and you're actually contributing to killing this industry and fuck you sing it sing it sister we support the writers wga strong i mean not in it but i support i support any (laughs) i support any strike i'm on board You're, yeah. you're very pro-union and I like that about you. Very pro-union. Very pro-union. Uh, and where can the people find you, Cassandra? Girl, I'm not going to lie to you. You can't really find me fucking anywhere. I went private on um, Instagram again because all these like weird porn accounts kept liking my stories. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I didn't like the vibe. So <laughs> yeah. private on Instagram again. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't already follow me or maybe you did follow me and then I accidentally deleted you because I didn't know who you were. I'm sorry. (laughs) Request me again and just let me know in a DM that you're a listener and then you're welcome to follow me on at Cass Cardenas. But also my favorite place to be found is right here on the Trashy Trashy podcast. That's that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, uh, you can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on TikTok and Instagram, but you can always find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I mean, Twitter, we're never going to pay for it. So it's basically a waste at this point. We'll see if we continue to update there. Sure. But we are growing on TikTok and Instagram. Again, Trashy Trashy Pod. You can also find us at our merch store, which is trashy trashy podcast.threadless.com, where we have wonderful shows shirts that support this podcast and you can find everything about us on trashy trashy podcast.com you can email in why you're trash to trashy trashy podcast at gmail.com send us listener stories or you can tell us why you're trash we absolutely love it and as always you'll find us here every monday on the trashy trashy pod hey Cass, what's going on girl stay garbage you stay garbage girl I will. Bye-bye. Bye.